Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5 by 2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking with Desiree Shaw, who is the Kids Ministry Director here at St. Peter's, as we're going to be discussing faith in the home. So Desiree, thank you again for taking the time to join us. I know you've already been on the podcast, at least, was it once or twice, maybe? I believe twice. twice. So people know you a little bit, but can you just kind of, people that haven't heard you on here before, don't really know you very well, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, whatever you want to share? Yeah, of course. So I have been the Kidsman Director here at St. Peter's for a little over a year. Prior to that, my background was in teaching. And so I taught for 15 years in elementary education, and then God just kind of flipped the lid and said, you need to cross the street. You need to go from CSA Lincoln to St. Peter's and become the kids ministry director. So I said yes, and here we are. And it's been a whirlwind of a year, but it's been such a really neat year to kind of see the growth that God has done here at St. Peter's and families, and particularly families with young kids. So it's really cool to be a, a part of his his puzzle. Great. Well, before getting too much into your ministry, tell us a little bit more of some personal things. So like, tell us about your family right now. Yeah, sure. So I'm married to Richie, and he and I have three kids. Ainsley is our oldest. She is here at St. Peter's in eighth grade, getting ready to go to high school, which is hard to believe. Ian is our middle kiddo. He's in sixth grade here at St. Peter's. And then we have Fletcher, who is our second grader. He's our caboose of the family. So it's been really fun. We live here in Columbus on the west side of town, and we've got lots of acreage that kids love to be outside, riding four-wheelers, fishing, just very outdoorsy family. So we love it. Great. You know, when you talk your kids' ages, that's how mine were kind of separated. Andy and Andrea were two years apart in age, one one in grade, and then Jordy came four years later. So we kind of had the same separation. It kind of makes it unique when you're trying to plan family activities, though, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. The older two kids probably want to do something differently than your youngest. and Yeah, because, you know, we... <laughs> One of the things that I love about being a parent, especially a parent out in the country, is that Richie and I want to be the parents that kids want to come to our house. A, because we know what's going to happen. We know what's going to be there. We know who they're going to be surrounded by, and it's a safe location. But B, it's fun. And so last week, we had a gaggle of boys at our house. And mind you, it's probably like 50 degrees outside. And they are just building a big campfire. They've got their shirts off. They've got blue jeans on, playing football. It was just great. You know, so back to that point of having the difference of ages, you know, Ian had his friends over all in sixth grade. Fletcher is in second grade. And within the first 10 minutes, Fletcher came in crying because he said, they won't let me play. So we had to have a heart to heart, you know, with Ian and his buddies. And I said, guys, listen, you've got to learn to play together. You, you just, this is part of life. You've got to include everybody because if you leave any one person left out, it's just going to make it miserable for them. So they did and, and they had a great time. Well, good. Now, football, though, the younger one probably gets a little bit run over by the big boys. Oh, man, he's just as tough as the bigger ones. Oh, that's good. Good, good. Yeah, he doesn't let anybody tackle him too much. Right. Yeah. But, but then Ainsley, being the only girl, probably is not all the time no, wanting to be with the boys. Not or... not so much. Not so much. She's more of the animal lover. You know, I've always said, and I may lose popularity by saying this, but I am not, by any stretch of the imagination, an animal lover. God did not give me that attribute, but I married one, and I had three kids that are animal lovers. So we have two beasts in our house by the names of Marshall and Lily. They're both dogs. Marshall's a Heinz 57, and we adopted him from the Care Foundation, 
and then uh, Lily is a GSP. And so they both get lots of attention from everyone beside myself. Wait, 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 GSP? German short hair pointer. Okay, all right. Yeah, very big, energetic, messy dogs in our house. And aren't they used for hunting? They are, yeah. Okay. We won't go into the hunting thing here because uh, <laughs> I don't whole, do that. That's a whole different episode. Yes. <laughs> so I push that question a little bit because that's kind of what we want to get into in our topic here. Children's ministry, but more specifically, we want to start very personally. You have just joined our ministry staff. Before that, you were a teacher. Mm-hmm. I think you shared with us before you've been a lifelong Christian. Yes. And so you and Richie, when you had kids, you wanted to raise your kids to know Jesus. Yes. And so let's think about that with your kids. How have you specifically worked, and this is even before you came to St. Peter's, mm-hmm. just as a parent, as a parent that loves Jesus, how have you worked together with Richie to nurture your kids in their faith? Yeah, that's a really great question because, number one, I was not raised in church growing up. My parents, God love them, they believe, but they just don't have a regular church that they attend. And so when I think about my life as a child, we didn't pray. I don't ever remember my parents praying with me or to this day. I never remember seeing my parents hug or kiss each other. I mean, it that just was not anything that I grew up around. And so as we started, Richie and I developed our relationship and we got married and decided that we wanted to have kids that was a very important piece that we both wanted and so it's been hard you know we have to really find people to surround ourselves with that live that kind of lifestyle as a parent and so we have had lots of mentors come alongside us and kind of show us how to do that with our kids so kind of like back to your question nurturing your kids faith something that we've always been really committed to is making sure that our kids are in church we are fortunate enough that our kids do attend here at st peter's but when i was a public school teacher you know, my kids would always say, Mom, why don't you teach at St. Peter's? And I would always share with them, like, God needs his people in every aspect. He needs his people in public education. He needs his people everywhere. So even if you're a parent who does not have a child in a Christian school, it's so important to continue to bring them on Sundays, bring them on any type of other evenings or events that that you can get involved in because that's where the foundation grows. That's where you build your relationships, connections with other people. And that's kind of what we've realized is most important for us is just making sure that our kids are surrounded by solid families, solid friends that we value and we treasure. So let me put you on the spot a little bit and and feel free to say I'm not going to answer that, but (laughs) do you have a regular pattern in your day with what you do spiritually with your kids? So that's a great question. No, (laughs) we don't. I would love to say that we're that kind of family that eats at the dinner table every night, but we're not. We never have been. You know, and I think part of that comes back to my upbringing that we ate dinner on the couch watching TV. And so my kids, you know, we'll fix dinner. They'll eat at the counter. We'll talk and things. But I, I will honestly say we don't pray before every single meal. Now, do we talk about Jesus? Do we talk about like, what? how did you see God work in your life today? Absolutely. We do that all the time. When I put the boys to bed at night, we listen to this podcast. It's called Abide. Um, we just discovered it a couple months ago, but it's really cool because it brings stories to life that really share and shine the light of Jesus to these little ones as they're falling asleep. And so that's been something that we've been really intentional about. Just being open and honest about like how God has reflected in our lives. Something that I mentioned in the podcast, probably my very first podcast, was how I came to St. Peter's. And one of the reasons that I came was because Ainsley mentioned 
something to me. She said, when I was kind of struggling with this decision, she said, Mom, have you just asked God, have you opened the Bible and just to see what he says? And I did. And, you know, at that point, I loved teaching. I loved where I was. I, I had no desire to come across the street. But God convicted me through her. And it was so cool to share that experience with her so that she will now always look back and think, wow, you know, God really used me in a big way. So I think just being real and honest with your kids is important. Yeah, I think what you mentioned there, too, I think if more parents would just listen to their kids, you can learn a lot from your kids. Absolutely. But what you also said, you know, you don't necessarily have the patterns that some of us might say you have to have this. And yet faith is an active part of every day of your life. Sure. You know, and so you may not have grown up, like you said, praying before every meal, so you don't do that. But you probably go above and beyond what most parents do that pray before every meal and actually have those where do you see God today mm-hmm. conversations. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, we've been really fortunate. Ainsley has a wonderful friend that she's had since she was two. And this gal, she is raised in a very wonderfully religious home, Christian, pray before every meal. And so when her friend comes to our house, she's constantly like, okay, Ainsley, let's pray. And I love that. And Ainsley has told me, mom, I think she and I will be friends forever. And I said, I think you're exactly right. I can count on one hand the number of people that I am still friends with from elementary school. And it's because we went to youth group together. It's because we worshiped on Sundays together. It's because her parents brought me to church. And to me, that's incredible. That's amazing. That's who I want to be for, you know, my kids' friends. And I think tying that back to the five by two, the meaningful conversations, right? That That's so important what you talked about of how do you just find ways to talk about Jesus in just the normal rhythm of life? Because I think that's so important for kids to see that, that it's not this set apart time. Like it, it can be, and it is, right? Like, you know, we go to church and we do that, but it's an all the time. It's not just Sunday morning or Saturday night or Wednesday night when we have worship service. It's all the time. And so having those conversations, find those ways, you know, how does the gospel apply here? Where do we see God at work? Those questions that you're asking, I think those are just extremely important for kids to see of like, oh, it's not just this compartmentalized. Mm. Um, Your faith should not be compartmentalized. It should be part of everything. Yeah, where your faith isn't compartmentalized, where it's like, all right, faith is over here, and then I have the rest of my life. It's like, no, it's integrated into everything. It's at the foundation of everything that we do. And so our next question that we wanted to ask you kind of based off of that is if some parents are listening to this, and they're like, well, what are some first steps Mm -hmm. that we could take? Because that can be overwhelming to hear that and be like, oh, I have to do all of that, right? But like, what are just some first steps? Because we're all works of progress and it's a process right but that first step that you would say hey this is a great idea for somebody Mm -hmm. that's like maybe an easy attainable first step realistic that somebody could take do you have any uh, thoughts on that so and these are these are things that I've learned over the past couple of years you know just as being a parent with kids growing up one I think it's so important to always find someone who is in the next phase of life ahead of you to kind of model after and ask questions. When we were in a Bible study, when we first got married, we were lucky enough to be surrounded by lots of people who were probably in two or three phases ahead of us. And they just poured their knowledge and information into us. And that was very foundational. So whether that is a person at church or whether that's a person outside of your church, I think it's really important just to have someone to like look after, making sure that they have you know, the very same values that you have. They might not attend the same church, but they have the same foundational core values that you do as well. And then at that same rate, have someone that you can mentor that's kind of, you know, below you that you can just say, hey, 
I know that this season of teething is really hard and I wish all of the teeth would come in at once and you'd only have one ear infection, but that's not the case. And so here's some things that we did that were helpful. That has been huge for us. Another thing that I think so often we can get sucked into as parents is social media. And when you look around social media and you see parents of all ages posting these wonderful things that they're doing with your kids, it's very easy to internalize that and become guilty. You know, like, I don't do all this with my kids. It's not rainbows and unicorns. It's not at all. I think be real. You know, know that you're going to make mistakes. Know that there are going to be bad days, but your kids love you just the same on hard days. And to be vulnerable enough to share that with them is powerful. Not to hide that that's rough, but to walk through it with them and say, you know what, I'm going to go to God and I'm going to tell him that I don't like how I feel right now. And he's okay because he's big enough that he can handle that. So that would be my second thing. And then the third thing, we have this really cool app that we like to promote in kids' ministry, and it's called Parent Q. And if you go to your app store, you can just search Parent Q. And it's awesome because, well, I will say there's a part of it that's not so awesome. Because when you enter your kid's birth dates in there, it will tell you how many weeks you have left with that child. <laughs> so on one hand, it's a little uh it's a Depressing. little quite yes so is that until they go to college yeah yeah so basically for Ainsley I have 301 weeks left with her until she moves on to what's next now that's the sad part but the great part <laughs> I will get to the great part the great part about this is that as you scroll through this parent queue it gives you questions that you can ask them so for example if I pull Ainsley's up right now it will say your memory verse for this week is your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path And then there's a seven-day devotional that you can do with your child, as well as four questions for that specific day that you can ask them. For example, there's a morning time question. This one today says, as your kid starts their day, encourage them to look for ways they see God at work in their lives every day this week. That's what you can say in the morning. During drive time, because as we know, eighth graders, a lot of drive time. The question is, while on the go this week, ask your child, who's your favorite character from a book, a movie, or a TV show? So while these questions don't have to necessarily always be faith questions, it's an opportunity to start a discussion instead of them being on their devices and not having a conversation. So that's parent, singular, parent, P-A-R-E-N-T, Q, C-U-E. So it cues you what you can say as a parent to a child. Yes, yes. Yeah, so there's a mealtime question and a bedtime question as well. So I love this because even in the car... It just gives me something to think about. Ooh, we should ask this. So Good. Well, again, some of the things you said just match with what we've been talking about on the Grow 5 by 2 as well as what our adult discipleship team is working on. You know, the focus on groups. It's very important in your faith formation to have some group. Some would be family. It's a very core group. But then, like you said, the groups of folks that are older or younger than you, your Bible study groups, a group helps you to process things, to support you, to encourage you, to spur you on. Groups are very important. And then I think you also mentioned something that we're really looking at as a church, and we've heard it in a couple of different places, is mentorship. You know, who are you looking at to give you some encouragement, mentoring, and who are you looking to speak into their life to mentor them? And those kind of things, I think, as I've looked back, as you said, I'm looking back through my life, those have been huge for me. The groups that have supported us as parents and as individuals in faith, and those folks that have poured into me as mentors. And then also, I've said several times, those folks that I have helped to walk along their path, as I've mentored them, I've also learned and grown. 
Absolutely. The two gals on my team, Katie Meadows and Kyla Rodriguez, both were all parents of three kids. We each have three kiddos. Kyla has the youngest little group. Katie is in the middle and then mine are a little bit older. I would like to think that we can take that same model and instill in our kids. Now, it might not be the same look for Kyla's little ones as it is for Ainsley as she's entering high school, but I want her to know that young kids are looking to her. And something that St. Peter's does that I absolutely love our chapel buddies and even when I was at CSA Lincoln we had something we had reading buddies and so anytime you can partner your kids up with kids of other ages to encourage them to be a mentor and to do fun things with them that they just love that something that we do in kids ministry speaking of groups is on Sunday mornings we have quest groups and that's kind of like our Sunday school basically but in these quest groups they are formed by only having six to seven kids They're the same kiddos that come together each week and they have a leader and a lot of our leaders are high schoolers and it is so neat to see our young kids relate to these high schoolers and vice versa. These high schoolers are pouring knowledge into these kids and it's just this beautiful vision of how God has just pieced us together. So. And what a great training ground for those high school kids for later ministry and a volunteer or in a, in a professional way of serving God. That's awesome. You know, that kind of leads me to this next question that we had for you. As you've nurtured your kids, how has that impacted what you've brought into kids' ministry for what you want to do for other parents? Sure. You know, as a mom, there are certain things that I want for my kids, and I know that other parents want the same things for their kids, too, and that's connection, and that's transparency. And so something that I feel very passionate about is making sure that every single family that walks through our doors knows who I am, knows who my team is, so that at any point they can come to us and ask us questions. And I think just having that mindset as a parent, not necessarily just as a church worker, you know, it's all about making connections and trust because basically all of our parents are dropping their kiddos off to us. And we have the great privilege for one hour a week, only an hour a week, to just instill in these kiddos the love of Jesus. And so parents have to know that they can trust us and they can leave their kiddos with us as well. So as we're getting close to our time, we're almost out of time. What are you looking forward to that's coming up in Kids Men? Ooh, in Kids Men. So we have this really cool event coming up called Jingle Jam. And if you recall last year, we did a big Christmas event called the Gingerbread Bash. And we had lots of families come together. We had a little presentation and these families got to put together gingerbread houses to take home. Well, this year we're doing something a little different and we're able to host in the den on November 25th. In fact, Jingle Jam registration opened today, October 25th, and we are almost at capacity. So keep your eyes and ears open to see if we have more seats available in the next couple of weeks. But that is an opportunity. It's a big production. All families are welcome. Families of all ages. It'll be fun, energetic, exciting. And it just brings home the love of Jesus and the story of Jesus's birth in a really cool way. So we have that coming up in December. Next year, we are launching a spring event, TBD, because we don't quite know what that's going to look like. And then we're also excited about next summer. If we do vacation Bible school, kids camp, lots of things are still up in the air, but we're really excited to bring lots of events like this 
to not only reach the kiddos within our congregation, but the kids within our community as well. Something that we just did this past month was Safety Palooza. And this was incredible because we welcomed between 800 and 1,000 people onto our campus that day. We were able to give away hundreds upon hundreds of bicycle helmets, gun locks, vaccines. We allowed the kids to bring their bikes and they learned how to do bike safety on a training course. We brought lots of police officers firefighters, ambulance drivers, so many really cool things to just reach out to our community and to share the love of Jesus. Excellent. Obviously, just talking to the three of you, there's a lot of excitement, but also love for Jesus and love for kids. And that's huge. That's something that's been consistent in kids ministry now for the years that I've been here. Our workers, paid or volunteer, love Jesus and love kids. And that then models for those kids that love that, you know, that we want them to feel in Jesus also. Let me back up. I got to ask you one question. As you were talking, I was just thinking about Ainsley's in junior high. Mm -hmm. So she's going to youth ministry. She is. How's that work for you as a family? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great question. You know, Mindy Chapel is our seventh and eighth grade coordinator in youth. And then Mike Jessup takes them once they get to high school. And Mindy and I were actually just having this conversation yesterday about how we really are trying to be intentional to bridge this gap between eighth graders moving into high school and what that looks like for our families. Because for Katie, Kyla, and myself, you know, we have the privilege of having families for 12 years. If you think about it, birth to sixth grade, we can love on these families. They know us inside and out. They, they know the leaders, the volunteers, they're supporting us by volunteering oftentimes. And then we get to just launch them into a brand new ministry. And I was telling Mindy and Mike, I said, you guys are going be so excited to get a lot of our kiddos and our families because they are incredible. And so I'm excited to see the transformation of some of these kiddos going into middle school and into high school, not only because it's just a new phase of life, a new chapter for them, but also the opportunities that they can still have to partner with us in kids ministry. Because as we continue to grow, we're noticing a lot of them want to come back and they want to have fun. And yes, 95% of kids ministry is having fun, but that 5% of really trusting and knowing Jesus. Jesus on a very deep foundational level is critical to, to their development as they continue to, to get older. I got to ask you one more question because we've sometimes heard this as we talk about growing younger and deeper and you've talked about kids men and you've talked about how you've got some teens that are helping you with that. What about the grandparents? Oh, how did they fit yes. in? Yes. So we have, we are so excited. Just this past month, we reached out to our LWML, Lutheran Women's Missionary League. Thank you. And this is such a delightful group of ladies because I think they want to get involved and they want to be intentional with their time. They want to partner with us. And so one way that we asked them to partner was to provide treats for the Safety Palooza for all of our volunteers. And they were so happy to be asked to do that. So we are meeting with them quarterly to kind of give them some updates about what's happening in kids ministry and ways that they can partner with us. That's one way. We have a team of ladies who love to be on the backside of any event that we have going on. They come in, they sit at a table and they put all kinds of things together, whether it's ding-dongs for VBS or whether it's glow-in-the-dark Easter eggs for our Easter egg hunt. And it's just a really cool opportunity for them to fellowship as well. We're always looking for people who have skills that they can use to further the kingdom of God, whether that's building skills. My husband will tell you, he will be the first one to say he does not like to be with kids that are not his own. 
that are not his biological children. And you know, that's okay. That was the one thing he said when I took this position was, please, if you go there, do not make me work with kids. But he is a workhorse and he will do whatever we need behind the scenes. He will build things. He will haul things to and from. So whether you enjoy being with kids or whether you don't, no matter your age or stage, there's always ways that we can plug you into kids ministry and you can have fun. Awesome. That was a lot of great stuff today on on the episode. So thank you so much, Desiree. Some things that I think just stood out to me. I love that you kind of gave those different steps of, you know, if somebody's looking to take that first step, whether it's parent cue. But the one that I think was important to highlight again is the social media thing. That was one that stuck out to me is it's very easy yeah, to see on social media and see like all these great things that are happening because majority of the time people just post the highlights, right? And so I think it's important that we don't compare ourselves mm-hmm. because what we're seeing are like the highlights we're not seeing the struggles a lot of times because they're there for everybody right it just it looks differently so yeah don't get so caught up in that like they've got it all together or whatever everyone has their struggles and so just don't be discouraged by that find those ways for your family to be authentic to yourselves and just build those relationships with your family so as you were talking throughout I feel like this whole conversation five by two stuff was just like everywhere we talked about the importance of going to worship every week and then spending time in the word in prayer you talked about safety palooza and just blessing people with all the different things you guys had there from helmets to, to all the other things as well. And a lot of times the blessing others is a great entry point that then allows us to build a relationship build trust to then have that meaningful conversation to share the gospel with people. So that first step is sometimes just being able to to bless somebody, whatever that may be. And then the meaningful conversations, I think, was obviously throughout this. So yeah, it was just really great stuff. George, any other closing thoughts here? I know we're pretty much out of time, but... I just want to remind our listeners, we'll be having some episodes later on social media. I think it's a huge thing that we've been talking about lately, and it's in the news. So stay tuned for that. That's news to me, but all right. Awesome. Uh, Desiree, thank you again for taking the time to, to join us. And to our listeners, we look forward to continuing these discipleship conversations and continuing to talk about the 5 by 2 Now go out and serve God and others. 